Welcome to the Folktale Project, this is Dan Schultz. And this week we're returning to the story of Waverly as retold in Red Cap Tales. We're going to begin this week with an interlude, the third interlude, being mainly a few words upon heroes. Among the listeners, there was somewhat less inclination than before to act this part of the story. For one thing, the boys were righteously indignant that the idea of any true hero being in love, unless, indeed, he could carry off his bride from the deck of a pirate vessel, cutlass in hand and noble words of daring on his lips. As for the girls, well, they knew that the bushes were dripping wet, and if they set their feet upon their native heath, they would certainly be made to change their stockings as soon as they went home. This was a severe discourager of romance. There was nothing to prevent any one of them from asking questions, however, that was the business in which they excelled. But why did the Highland people want to rebel anyway? demanded Hugh John. If I could have hunted like that and raided and carried off cattle and had a castle with pipes playing and hundreds of clansmen to drill, I shouldn't have been such a soft as to rebel and get it all taken away from me. It was because they were loyal to their rightful king, said Sweetheart, who was a cavalier and a Jacobite. In the intervals of admiring Cromwell and crying because they shot down the poor Covenanters, I think, said Sir Toady, who had been sitting very thoughtful, that they just liked to fight, and King George would not let them. So they wanted a king who would not mind. Same as us, you know. If we are caught fighting in school, we get whipped. But Father lets us fight outside as much as we want to. Besides, what did old Vicky and Vor want with all these silly Highlanders eating up everything in his castle if there were never any battles that they could fight for him? This was certainly a very strong and practical view, and so much impressed the others that they sat a long while quiet, turning it over in their minds. Well, at any rate, said Sweetheart, dropping her head with a sigh to go on with her seam, I know that Flora MacIver was truly patriotic. See how she refused to listen to Waverley all because she wanted to give her life for the cause. Hmph, said Hugh John, disrespectfully turning up his nose. That's all girls think about love and marrying and playing on harps. I don't play on harps, sighed Sweetheart. But I do wish I had a banjo. I wish I had a targe and a broadsword and the chief's horse, Brown Dermot, to ride on, said Hugh John, putting on his biggity look. And a nice figure you would cut, sneered Sir Toady Lion provokingly. Highlanders don't fight on horseback, you ought to know that. Whereupon the first engagement of the campaign was immediately fought out on the carpet, and it was not till after the intervention of the superior power had restored quiet, the next tale from Waverley could be proceeded with. And that is the third interlude being mainly a few words upon heroes where we get a slight bit of English history, as well as, well, you see the children really getting into the story at this point, which is absolutely wonderful and exactly what I hope you're getting from this as well. This is Dan Scholes for the Folktale Project. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Overcast, anywhere you like to get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Folktale Project. You can find us on Auto Radio, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, anywhere you like to listen. And you can always head over to folktaleproject.com, where you'll find a new story waiting for you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. As always, 
Thank you so much for listening.